0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt and I am the host of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. I just want to thank you for spending some time today and listening to the show. The purpose of the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast is to share the stories of those that are in the hunting community and really to have great discussions with people in the hunting community all about the things that that make hunting meaningful to them it's really my goal to, to share the stories of those that are involved in the community of hunting and to have great discussions all about what makes hunting important for us as hunters. So if this is your first time checking out the Rise Kill League podcast, thank you for checking us out today and be sure to hit that subscribe button that way you don't miss out on any of the future action we've got some great guests lined up for the future we got deer hunting coming up so of course deer hunting is on the mind so i've got some great guests that are going to be coming on and we're really going to dive into a whole lot of different topics around hunting and hunting season whitetail deer hunting and just the fall hunting season in general so make sure that you subscribe today that way you don't miss out on any of the future episodes if you are a return listener. And thank you for coming back. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I'm glad that you have committed to the Rise, Kill, Heat podcast as something that you want to listen to on a weekly basis, and I appreciate the ongoing support. If you haven't had an opportunity to yet, then be sure to check out RKE Field on social media. So we are present on Instagram and Facebook at this time, and also on YouTube. A lot of our recent podcast episodes have been posted to YouTube and making video files of those and post post and those on there for people that are interested in listening to the rice kill eat podcast through youtube you guys can do that there and also on instagram you can find us at rke afield and then on facebook it's facebook.com slash rke afield so make sure you check us out and that's rke as in rice kill eat just like the title of this podcast be sure to give us a follow be sure to give us a like be sure to be sure to follow along as we are sharing some of our original content and sharing some information about the podcast, sharing some reposts from people that we follow and that kind of thing. So be sure to check us out on those platforms. Now I've just got one quick announcement before we get into today's episode with Josh Carney. If you haven't had a chance to check out our website, it's RKEoffield.com. So RKE, as in Rise, Kill, Eat. RKEAfield.com, then be sure to do that. We have an awesome sale going on there right now. It's the biggest sale that we've ever had in the history of RKEAfield. All of our items are reduced right now. It's kind of a way for us to celebrate the season opener. So a lot of hunting seasons are opening up right now and celebrating the fact that we're getting back into hunting. So we have our season opener sale going on right now and where all of our items are marked down up to 50% off. So all of our merchandise, our shirts, our hats, and that kind of thing, they're all marked down up to 50% off on rkeoffield.com. So be sure to head over there and check it out. You don't need a promo code for the discount. The sales are already discounted, so no need to put in a promo code. However, I do have a special going on right now for for my podcast listeners specifically. So if you use promo code podcast, so that's P-O-D, C-A-S-T podcast, then you will get free shipping on your order. So not only are you going to get prices that are marked down up to 50% off, but you're also going to get free shipping on top of that. So this is something that I am exclusively putting out there for my podcast listeners. So be sure to take advantage of that. And again, that's at rkeafield.com. So my guest today is Josh Carney. Josh Carney is nicknamed the son of the South. He is a paraplegic Turkey hunter from Louisiana and we had a really great conversation all about dealing with adversity and dealing with tough things in our lives. And of course, we get into turkey hunting and just basically being able to keep a positive mindset. So Josh has been exposed to a lot in his life and he has really taken the the idea of a positive mindset to the whole new level. And we really had a fun conversation all about how he's able to keep his mindset positive and how he's able to continue doing the things that he's doing and continue loving life. And it was a real great conversation that I had with Josh. And I'm looking forward to you guys being able to listen to it. We did have a little bit of some technical difficulties. There were some issues with uh, the recording system that we were using. So we ended up having to change it before we started recording. So we actually did this interview. We did this conversation over the phone. So the audio is not going to be as crisp as it as it typically is in our past few episodes, but uh, you guys will still be able to hear it. And I wanted to make sure that I went ahead and published this episode because of the great conversation, the great content that we were able to have. So just be mindful that the audio is over the phone. It was recorded over the phone. So you sh- you shouldn't have any issues being able to understand it, but it's going to sound a little bit different than a couple of our past episodes. But, but without further ado, I want to go ahead and... Let you guys listen to this conversation again. We had a great conversation all about everything that that Josh is all about. So be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We've talked the past couple of weeks over I mean, really a lot of different things. We've, we've gotten into turkey hunting. We've gotten into, uh, you know, a, a few different things. And it's been it's been really cool being able to connect with you, being able to talk with you, you know, outside of the podcast and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we, we've been working on trying to set a date for the recording of this, the Rise Kill Eat podcast. And we finally found us uh, a compatible date for, for tonight. And I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking some time out of your night, even though we've had a little bit of te- technology issues, but we can just—we're just going to try to put that behind us and move on. So I've actually got you on the phone right now, so the the audio is going to be a little bit different than what we're typically used to. But I think it's going to turn out all right.
1: Hey, it's all
0: good with me. i game for whatever it is. All right, man. So, uh, so as far as hunting goes, so you're down in Louisiana, and you are—you know—you're down there in you know prime duck hunting country. You've got a lot of you know a lot of good wildlife opportunities. Uh, for the most part, you know a lot of fishing opportunities. So, so how did you get into hunting? How did you get into? Uh, who first introduced you, and when? When was that? Man,
1: growing up, you know, my dad introduced me to the outdoors when I was a little kid. I think, I think my first hunting experience was wearing a soggy diaper and you know carrying around a little rattler um, and with a little top gun trying to shoot everything that moved. Um, I think that was my actual first hunting experience. And then, uh, being out in the woods, um, I came from a small game hunting family, so we had a pack of beagles, and I just fell in love with, you know, hearing the dogs run, and, you know, it just sounded like an orchestra of music. So I just fell in love with that, you know, I just wanted to be an outdoors more. As I grew up, I, uh, I started playing sports and, um, all of that good stuff, but it wasn't like being outdoors for me. Uh, it wasn't like hunting. So I grew up to around, uh, age 11, I um, saw a lot of people uh, deer hunting and I wanted to learn how to deer hunt all that stuff. So I read a couple books and magazines and, you know, didn't know anything about what I was doing. Uh, my dad had a friend and he was like, I'll, I'll take deer hunting and the guy who got up to hunting property and he's like, all right, you're going to walk down such and such and then you're going to cut over and do this death, and there's going to be a stain. So I took off with this. My dad thirty to six and, I sat in a stand by myself and didn't know anything about what I was doing. I mean, I knew how to, I knew the ethics of hunting, but I knew nothing about white tail hunting. I didn't know anything about wind, stand direction. Like, I I didn't know that all that old stuff on the ground was corn. Like, I just didn't know anything, you know, when it came to deer hunting. And um, that afternoon, I actually killed my deer, my first deer. society when you know, they smear your face with deer blood and all that up. Oh, yeah. So I just looked that. Two years later I want uh turkey on, you know, I've seen a lot of people do. They just get these two sticks and they rub them together and make a sound and turkey runs right in
0: That's a heavy loan.
1: When I did that, it altered my vocal cords, and a couple of years later, I discovered that I can make animal sounds, because my voice never really matured, because um, it happened at just a young age, and when I you know, poured a tube out of my throat, it just kind of messed up my vocal cords in a good way.
0: Right, man, that's, that's a crazy story. I actually ended up, I watched a video, I think you did, with maybe Real Tree, and uh, you kind of got into it a little bit, and it was, it was so crazy, just, you know trying to picture myself in that in that position and it would be so difficult i think for me to be able to you know keep the positive attitude that you have kept through this whole this whole process for you i mean to be at such a young age i mean you're you're 13 14 years old you're a young teenager you're just now you know developing you're getting into get more into sports you know it's becoming competitive and then everything just changes for you i mean it's it's insane to I, I try to picture myself in that position, and I'm not sure if I could have the same positive outlook that you've been able to keep through a process like that.
1: I mean, it was tough for I me. Mean, it, was, it, was, it was not easy, um, going from being a you know, point guard in basketball and pitcher in baseball to being a in a wheelchair. Uh, but I, I, I'm a young age, I became a young entrepreneur. Like, I discovered ways to get people to push me around and make an effort to, like, get me in front of the line every time. So uh, with my accent, I started learning a lot about myself and ways to, like, critique things that fit for my daily lifestyle. I mean, I'm not, I, I can't complain with my accent. Like, it didn't – I mean, it, it, it hurt, but it didn't hurt me as a person. Um, I actually learned a lot from, you know, being in a chair and, you know – um, experiencing life in a different aspect because, you know, I get to see things in a different life. You know, the things that, you know, most people take for granted, you know, I have to sit back and look okay, well, let me figure out how can I do this with what I have or what I don't have. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, my accent hindered me. I mean, it kind of made me into a better person, to be honest with you.
0: Right, you are able to, just to kind of, you know, slow down and take in everything that, you know, a lot of people will end up taking for for granted. I mean, like most of us are able to get up, you know, walk around and myself included. And, you know, I'm sure thousands, millions of other people are taking that for granted. And that's something that was just in the blink of an eye was taken away from you. But you haven't let it, you know, change who you are as a person. You've let it be become this new you. I mean, really, you really have. And it's been it's been really cool for me. Me Once I first discovered you, once I heard your story, and once I saw, you know, everything that you've done throughout your life and everything, how how inspiring it is for somebody that's, you know, got got these kind of things going on with you. And yet you're still able to keep this positive mindset. I mean, you've also you've been able to help so many other people who may have similar similar disabilities or may have similar things going on with them and may just have some, some other things going on with them. You have been able to help so many people because of your your inspiring story and because of the positive outlook and the outcomes that you've been able to kind of adapt from your story. It's pretty incredible you know watching everything yeah, from, from my perspective at least.
1: Yeah man I definitely appreciate it I mean there's a you know life we, we all have a life a timeline on life. you know you can't let one bad moment in life ruin the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's like, in, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a bad day. I mean, there may be a bad few minutes of a day, but you can't let that ruin your whole day. You get 24 hours, and you know you can't let you know someone pushing a basket into your car, you know, ruin the rest of your day. I mean, it, it's a it's a momentary.
0: i mean it's we all have the same amount of time i mean like you said we all have the 24 hours and some of us are going to use it in a way that's going to be beneficial for ourselves and for the people around us and then others unfortunately just just aren't but i'm, I'm going to try I, I try to you know make the most of those those 24 hours that i have and i know you do too and it's a uh, it's really cool to be able to you know speak about these things with somebody somebody like you and somebody who's experienced the things that you've done and it's it's really cool and just just gotta make, make the most of that time that we have. I mean I mean you, you hit the nail on the head on that one. No, I I appreciate
1: it. Like, you know, it's it's just one of those things, you know, that's that's another thing that you we take for granted. I mean, as I, I myself do it too. I mean just time. Time is one mm-hmm. thing that we we'll definitely take for granted. Um the way I looked at it, you know, with my accident, like I died twice on operating I'm not supposed to be here. You know, by the grace of God I'm still here. And the way I look at it is I'm on ball time. I mean, we're all on ball time because, you know, it, it's what's given to us, that breath that we're given to us, it's going to be taken away at some point. So, you know, we just have to make the best of what we have while we have it. And, you know, me being able to, you know, say, okay, well, I died twice and I'm still here, you know, as a testimony, I want to make sure that my purpose of life isn't going to waste. I want to make sure... Everything that I do has a purpose, and a benefit for what my destiny is supposed to be.
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, we all have a purpose, and we all have that that uh, a thing that really wakes us up in the morning. And, you know, some people just they, they struggle with being able to find that purpose. And my pastor he he always says this quote. Uh, I forget who who he says it's from, but he said the two best days in your life are when you're born,
1: born
0: and when you figure They're out why you're back. born.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean wow. that's I mean it's it's crazy and it's just and it's so true because once you figure out your purpose and once you figure out why you were here, I mean everything else just yeah. becomes so much simpler. Everything it you know, you don't get upset whenever somebody pushes a cart into your into your car. and You know what I'm saying? And you don't you these little things that don't really matter at the end of the day, they no longer become Something that's gonna that's gonna ruin the rest of rest of your day for you. I mean, you gotta make make the most of those twenty four hours.
1: You know, some people, at, at the end of their life, you know, they are at their happiest because they know that at the end of it, they have left a a legacy. They've left something positive behind. They've done something great to be remembered by. and Changes the lives of others. So you know, it, it, the day you're born is a great day. When you find out your purpose in life, that's a great day. But you know, when you're able to sit there and your 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 last you know, your last few seconds of life and honestly sit back and say, I did a good job while I was here. That is what I live for. That that's what I want to accomplish in life. I want to make sure I do everything I can while I can to make life better, not only for myself but for other people. want to you know inspire people to do better, to achieve goals that they want to do. You know, go find ways to improve themselves while improving others. You know, at the end of the day, if you can help one person, then that goes a long way because what you do for that one person may affect the lives of, you know, fifty people. You know, it it's it trickle it's a it trickle effect but, you know, being having that aspect of positivity and you know pushing forward and motivating someone else to do something you know that goes a long way in life you know it it, it becomes the point where it, it's kind of addicting like you know you get around people who are less fortunate than you or something like that and they they need you i'm not going to say they feel you but they need you in their lives to make it better and then they started improving to make other people's lives better. I mean, if we can stay in that round and, you know, continue to do that for others improve ourselves while improving others, you know, that, that's a lie. That's a good life. You know, like I said, you may have a bad moment, you know, in life, but it doesn't, it shouldn't affect the rest of your life. I think we, I know he was like, this is a hunting podcast. I just totally went off the
0: show. No, that was perfect. No, but no, man, That I mean, you, you definitely got it figured out. I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's just so many things that, I mean, there's so many distractions in our lives nowadays that they, they really takes us away from the things that are, are truly important for us. So for me, it's, you know, it's my family, it's my, my wife, my, my two kids, those us four in this house are, you know, they're, they're the, the reason I, I get up in the morning. They're the reason I do everything that I do, you know, and I, I try to tell them that every day and, you know, I'm guilty just as I'm sure every other husband and father is, but I'm guilty of pushing them aside and trying to, trying to put myself, you know, my, my own needs ahead of, of what they need from me. And whenever I sit back and I take that 1000 foot view and I see, you know, the things that I could be doing or I am doing or should be doing, then, you know, it just, it just, it just causes you to reevaluate your priorities a little bit. And, you know, Uh it's, we've, we've only got this, this little bit of time on this earth and, I mean, we just we just gotta make the most of the opportunity while while we have it. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're totally right. You know, that's like um, I was told a long time ago growing up, and like I never understood. Like you know, when, when when older people are talking to you when you're young, you just you know it goes in one ear and out the other.
0: Right. But you know, I, I was always told I just never understood it. You know, they were they, I
1: was told the Lord will not give you more than what you can handle. And with my accident, you know, I was like, okay, well, you yeah, know. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I got I got shot turkey hunting. Like, what what do you mean? Like, the more I can't handle. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, but looking back at it now, you know, that has built me into a person that I probably would have never been before my accident. You know, it, it's it built me to a level to where I understand so much more out of life and the value of life versus where I possibly could, have, could be now. Could could have been if I never had an accident. You know, so it's just, the way life works is very tricky. It's very hard to understand, but the more you live it, the more you get it. It sounds, it, it sounds so cliche, but the more you live life, the more you actually start to understand it. That's you sure. know, things that we don't understand when we we're in our teenage years or in our 20s. You know, once you start in 30 and 40, you know, you start to realize... What was going on back then? Then you start to fix it, like your whole mindset changes, and you know you develop into something different. Like everybody changes once they hit a certain age in life, you know. And that, that's uh, that that's where I'm. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be at that forty year old mark at twenty, so I can be like I don't know the wise guy who understands life more and can get, I, I guess, a better understanding of life to have a better life while i'm still able
0: to do it at a young age exactly yeah whenever uh i'm 27 so whenever i'm you know sitting back and i'm trying to trying to think back where i want my my wife or when i'm trying to think forward to what i want my wife to be i mean there's so much of you know wisdom from other people especially older people that i've either befriended through you know church or neighbors or whatever and uh you know, I try to look at things that they have done and, you know, I, I try to adhere to a lot of their advice because, I mean, this is the one wife I got. So, I mean, if, if I can take some advice and take some advice from somebody who's been through it, then or who's, you know, much further advanced than I, I am, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, I, I was always told learn from the mistakes of others.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't
1: make the same mistakes they did because they've already done it and they know that it was a mistake they learn from it to so learn from someone else's mistakes if someone jumps off a bridge they'll go jump off a bridge behind them you know learn that that was a mistake and you cross the bridge you get to the next point in
0: life exactly so what was that you know after your accident you know once you get out of the hospital and all that kind of thing I'm sure the recovery process started so what was that what was that process like for you and I'm, I'm sure it's an ever going thing for you man
1: I'm like my last month in the hospital was
0: absolutely um, <laughs> okay <laughs> i
1: couldn't, I couldn't they, they wouldn't let me eat like solid food so i had a like a, a tube in my stomach that they had to see me through but once the doctor told me that i could get that out and start eating solid food the nurses started bringing me home cooked meals i mean i had steak and potatoes Damn. i mean i was being like like they brought me like blu-ray movies and like my favorite movie was Old Yeller, and, like, that was, they, they got me to the hospital. My bombs are my life at this time, you know, Old Yeller, I mean, I literally, would watch that movie in the hospital, and, like, that was, man, I think it was about me through the whole ordeal. And, um, like, one day, like, they were, like, you're getting transferred to another room. Like, I was, at my lowest of lows, because, like, I just got shot, you know, I'm sitting in the hospital, like, I'm thinking, this is it for me, like, terrible. And, you know, that, that, that movie got me through, got me through that whole time. And um, they were moving me to another room, and I don't know. I just started singing, like I started singing "Happy Trails." No idea where it came from, but that was kind of like my turning point. Like I understood that, you know, what happened happened. I still have life, and I can move forward. So, you know, I started to understand that life's not over i can still get by i just have to do it in a different fashion but i mean i didn't understand that until like i don't know i don't know if it was like the movie that i watched i took a lesson from it or maybe it was another movie that i learned from but you know our old yeller he came in he saved the little boy from the pack of hogs and you know it was like it's saving grace he got sick he had to you know, put his dog down, and like that was the saddest part ever. I think I cried <laughs> seven times. And then at the end of it, he got a new puppy, so like life continued to go on. He was happy again, and all that. I think I think it was like the greatest lesson of life. So like, if anybody's listening to this podcast, watch Old Yeller, understand it from an adult standpoint, and you life will be great.
0: Old oh, Yeller yeah, is teaching some life lessons. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: and the fox and the, the fox and the hound too. I, mean,
0: I learned a lot about friendship watching a fight for an Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you were able to, you know, find something that was able to help you out. I mean, it's – I'm sure in that kind of situation, you have to figure – you have to have something that's going to help you through it. Because, I mean, we can only sit in that state of, you know, being – being depressed for so long and being you know down in the in our dumps for so long before we have to find something to help us out and you know and that, that could be in the form of you know just about anything for anybody i mean and i'm sure once you got out you got back into hunting so what kind of things have have you kind of kind of consider and what kind of factors have you kind of consider to get back into the woods and to pursue you know animals once again and you know how, how has that that whole that whole process been for you <laughs>
1: Funny story, so like after I got out of the hospital, um, I was home for two weeks and it was killing me that I had to be like people were like trying to baby me and mm-hmm. like all that stuff. And it, it was just driving me crazy. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm an independent person, always happened And um definitely out of the hospital, I went right back on Um My dad had a friend that had coon dogs and uh, I just sat in the truck and, you know, listed the dogs or whatever. Like, when I told my mom two weeks later that I wanted to go, she liked like to kill me. Like, that was about to be my third day. I'd be like, very structured out. But like, she was literally about to, like, wring my neck and finish me off. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that kind of started my, you know, me getting back into the outdoors. I mean, it was, it was a passion for me. I fell in love with the outdoors, man. It just, you know, that was, that was my home, you know. It was home for me in heart. You know, and after that, you know, I was like, okay, well, these are my cards. I have to play them or fold, and I'm not ready to fold. So I started figuring out ways, you know, to do certain haunts. I think I started dove hunting. We started doing that, and I couldn't. I mean, I'd shoot a box of shells and hit, like, I don't know, five doves.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm right there with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that kind of, you know, it kind of, you know, gave me hope again. And then I started doing other hunts that led me back into, you know, being active and outdoors. And then I got the courage enough to go turkey hunting again. And funny, funny experience. Uh, a good friend of mine now, his name is Leon Skilly. He was like, hey, man, I want to take you turkey hunting. I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. Last time I went, I didn't have a really good experience. I don't think I want to do this again.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we actually ended up going, and
1: they called I an English textbook. I mean, five minutes. I mean, the bird came out, and everything worked out great. Killed the bird, put on a good show, killed the bird. And I actually shot the bird with the same gun that I got shot with. So, like, that whole hunt was memorable to me. It was a, a great experience. You know, it was, was kind of like I conquered the fear of, you know, what happened. And, like, after that day, like, it triggered something inside of me that made me absolutely nuts for turkeys. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with them, and that is my favorite thing. Even though, like, I had a turkey hunting accident that almost killed me, turkey hunting is my absolute favorite thing I don't care about a white whitetail, an elk, a hog. I don't care about anything when it comes to turkeys. Like, that is my number one priority.
0: What is it about turkeys that, I mean, is it is there, is it even possible, I guess, to even put it into words, what is it is about turkeys? Cause I mean, I love, I love deer hunt. I love to get out and, you know, do some waterfowl hunting, uh, do some dove hunting squirrels, whatever. And you know, there's just something about turkeys. When, I mean, especially in the spring when they're gobbling they're you know, you can hear them from a mile away. I mean, they're just, there's just something about it. That's just, it's so hard to describe. And it's what, what what's that like for you?
1: You know, I, I, I love all aspects of, you know, springtime turkey, you know what I mean? The weather, the, the, the leaves are changing, you know, new growth, and, you know, humans birthed all, I mean, it just gets you fired up. But, you know, for me, I think it's a, like I say, it's a love-hate relationship, you know, being that I was injured and almost died in a turkey in an accident, that makes me, I don't hate the turkey, I don't hate the turkey, I mean... I'll shoot a turkey any day, i give a chance. But <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those deals where knowing knowing what happened and how easy it was for it to happen, I respect the turkey. But don't get it wrong, I respect her enough to put a number five in the space too. So, you know, it's just one of those deals where, you know, I appreciate um, turkey hunting. I appreciate everything that comes with turkey hunting.
0: But I respect it, knowing where I could be. Right. Okay. Yeah. And there's certainly a, uh, you know, a definite respect for I'm sure safety and that kind of thing. Whenever you're out hunting with somebody, making sure everybody knows where everybody else is and that kind of thing. I'm sure that's a that's something that's for somebody and that has experienced something that you have experienced. I'm sure that's amplified and you know excited so much more than you know just the average average joe
1: yeah i mean just I, in, in hunting in general like you know we all get caught up in a moment we have those yeah. moments where we get caught up and you know we just get excited we don't identify our target sometimes and you know stuff happens but the thing about it is once you pull the trigger you can't call a bullet back so i mean when it comes to safety I, i'm you know i'm O C D about safety now. I mean, I don't know why, but I mean I'm a very O C D about it. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think right. I can
0: pick out why, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, you know, it, it's just one of those deals where I don't want like I said, learning from someone else's mistake. I don't want someone else to be in my predicament where I was. Right. Especially when I stop it before it happens. It's kinda like one of those pushing it forward deals. If I did something and I learned from it, you know, let me teach you how to be better so you don't have that same t- thing happen.
0: Exactly. It's it's better to, like you said, it's better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than to than to make our own all over again and bringing down that that learning curve to a certain extent. You yeah, know? I mean, like I
1: said, you know, and we, we get a lot of, you know, when, it, when it's not, I mean, it, it has its, its safety issues, you know, commentary standard. there, you know, identify target, but I mean, turkey hunting is, it's becoming, I think it's probably one of the most dangerous hunt mm-hmm. out there, because, I mean, you know, you're pulling back that camouflage, um, people are getting crazy about this fanny thing now, right? and you know, when it comes to, when it comes to turkey hunting, turkey, a lot of turkey hunters are the biggest poachers out there, I mean, mm-hmm. There's just something about a bird that makes someone turn the outlaw. Yeah, it's and crazy how not- you know
0: they make some some such poor decisions based on just some kind of movement, and that you know that movement could be you know a hunter decked out in camo sitting in the weeds. It could be you yeah. know even even seeing a fan. I mean, I feel like you know the typical human would be able to pick out another human behind a fan, but you know, like you said, it just we get so excited, we get wrapped up occasionally, and poor decisions get made on on occasion.
1: I, I have never shot a turkey because I saw it Right, exactly. If I don't see a, don't see a redhead, head, and I mean I'm not, I mean I'm not gonna pull
0: a trigger. And so many people see day. it. Yeah, they do that with deer also. I mean they'll they'll see movement in you know a, a thicket, and just start shooting at it. I mean like what kind of you know what kind of thinking is that? Because who kn- yeah. you don't you don't know what that is. I mean that could be yeah. that could be anything. I mean it could be you know the the neighbor's cow or something. I mean you don't know. You're just shooting at a blob in the tree. So I mean, it's but yeah, safety is. I mean, it's something that a lot of people really take for granted. And when when everything go wrong, it's nearly impossible to reverse the actions. I mean, once it's done, it's done. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'd like to say, you know, you, you
0: can't call back a bullet. Right. We're responsible for the resting place of our bullet, no matter where it is. Yeah. So uh, so after the whole recovery thing, and you took out the the tube and everything. And you, you were discovered this unique skill that you had, had developed. It's, you know, whenever I say the story, it almost sounds like you got some kind of superpower or something, <laughs> you know, you're able to, de, to develop this skill and you were able to, uh, work on that. So, so how did you first discover that, you know, being able to make animal sounds? <laughs> it's a, so funny story. So I was
1: at a expo show uh, Louisiana sports Expo Show in uh Gonzalez, Louisiana. And I was just there. I mean, I think was my first expo show I've ever been to. And uh, I was there with some friends of mine and this guy was trying to build me turkey tall. He was like I was like man, look, I don't I don't want to buy it, you know. I think I was 21 20, years you old, know, something like that. And growing up I was, you know, I'd say was baseball playing, basketball playing, like I was and I was like the king of my my element, so I was a little cocky, not even a lie. So my cockiness like grew into like my early twenties. So this guy was trying to sell me a turkey call, and uh, I was like, man, I, I, I just don't want to buy your turkey call. Yo. He's like still trying to push her on me, push her on me. I was like, man, I just I don't I just I like I don't want to I don't want to buy. It. Like I do And lo and behold, the guy called my bluff. And I'm one of those persons like when I say something like. If you don't have a mouth, like, I'm going to figure out a way to, you know, <laughs> it's, it's me because I don't want to look like a fool until I just said it. Like, I don't, like, uh, the, the older people say, like, don't, don't let your mouth catch a check
0: that your butt can't, don't let your mouth write a check your butt can't
1: catch. And I've been mean, in that situation many a times. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this was one of those situations. And, uh, the guy keeps all my bucks, so I, like all right let me hear it again and he let me hear it again and i I did the best thing that i can do as an american this call and the owner of the company turned around he's like is that our call he's like no that's a kid and they ran me away from the booth
0: (laughs) get him out of here (laughs) (laughs) bad for business so
1: (laughs) i went to another booth and i was like like man that's cool like i mean so that was like hey i just did that i'm like oh, pretty cool like so i'm like going like the extra show, like just doing this, like little turkey call, you know, just trying to figure out how the heck I just did that. And one dude stopped me, like, hey, that sounds pretty good. Like, you know, well, heck, I don't know. I'm just learning 10 minutes ago. Like, I, now I'm feeling good, you know. I mean, I can learn how to turkey call in 10 minutes. It's easy. Like, I got this. So people started asking you know, well, you know, can you do this call? Can you do such and such? Can you sound like this? I was like, Man, I don't know. And I started, like, listening to Animal sounds, and um, I broke down a sound into a word, and then I put that into a sound for me. It, it's really hard. It's really complex to understand. But for instance, uh, um, a duck, a, a, a mallard hail. It's um, you know, it goes whack, 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 whack. whack okay, mm-hmm. so for me, I learned I learned how to do a, a mallard duck hail by going outside. My dog got tangled up and um, a black lab, he got tangled up in his, under his doghouse or whatever and I was trying to tell him back and with the, you know my voice being altered the higher I got to like saying back it, it came out as like a, a, a duck <laughs> like when I get really excited it's funny it's really it's weird but funny at the same time like when I get really excited certain words that I say comes out as a honk. You know, the truth is, it's, it's very very weird it's a true statement like um for instance what like if i get really excited what comes out as a goose honk and it sounds like this what <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's good
1: <laughs> but it, it just it, i just i don't know so like i i, I literally became dr doolittle in mm. a matter of an accident <laughs>
0: I think I saw you on the, uh, was it the Rated Red video? And you were, yeah, you were giving like kind of a a tutorial on doing a goose honk and you were using the word, I think it was, was it bark, I believe? And, yeah, and yeah, you, you were killing it. Yeah. And you were, you were getting right on it, man. it sounded so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that,
1: so like, so like any one syllable word, I could turn into a goose call.
0: That's awesome.
1: And, you know, <laughs> like, like I said, when I get excited, certain words, it's it's weird, but my friends make fun of me because it just it just comes natural. Like, if I'm like getting into like a pretend argument with somebody, the more excited I get, the more I start talking at people.
0: You <laughs> may be part goose.
1: I, I swear, I'm Canadian. I
0: swear. <laughs> start migrating. <laughs> I'm
1: actually I to migrate. I'm about to get that goodbye because Louisiana is way too hot for me. I'm about to migrate up north.
0: There you go. You may be part goose then.
1: I may be part goose. I'm just <laughs> returning home.
0: <laughs> so how many, uh, how many different animal sounds are you actually able to do? I mean, have you actually sat down and counted the different types of sounds and different types of animals and everything?
1: the last time I checked, before I completely stopped, I was at like sixty calls. Holy cow! yeah but it's different it's different variations I mean I can turn you know so like I can do like four calls for turkeys um the tom the hand kiki run um a clock, a, a purr um just like the whole dynamics of that fly down cackle and then you know for deer the grunt the bleak I mean, if I can learn how to rattle with my teeth I'd be a millionaire
0: <laughs> that's something you can work on next make a 61 <laughs>
1: no man my, my, my dentist to me way too high i learned how to rattle with my teeth
0: <laughs> so do you well, actually you use know, this the the calling like in the woods i mean so all oh, everything yeah. you're doing out in the woods is with your natural voice oh
1: yeah um I, i'll bring like turkey season i'll bring um i'll bring a call like if i'm hunting in kansas or somewhere where it's really windy because uh, my voice it just doesn't it, it doesn't get to wind so I'll bring a call to certain places, but normally most of the time I just go out there, I pack a you know, pack a decoy, and just shoot at them when kill a turkey. Like, it is my mission to kill a turkey. And if I don't kill a turkey in, like, three days of hunting, I'm very mad. Like, I'm on a mission to kill a bird.
0: <laughs> so how much how much time do you put in to, to do scouting and everything? I mean, three days is a pretty short timeline, at least, at least for me it is. So how, how much time do you actually spend scouting, you know, compared to the spring versus the fall?
1: Normally, I only hunt place for five days. So, every 30-season, I do a, a, a five-state, 30-day tour. So, I will get to a place, we find out what birds are first day, and then second day, we're trying to pull the trigger. Well, we're trying to kill a bird on the first day, but, I mean, second day is normally when we start killing. Right. You know, you know first day is a scouting day. And you know, someone's like, hey, we get birds in this place, we'll go out and listen for them in the morning, we'll get them a hard run that morning, and I'm killing them by lunchtime. We'll start driving around, start scouting, trying to figure out where they are. And then in the afternoon, we'll go try and roost them. And then the next morning, we're sitting up under them, and, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, get them in that shotgun range. And then, you know, boom, out of that, that's all good. It's like, all game over. So, I say, you know, I try and try and get there the first day. You know, it's a good day. We want to roost, cobbling. And, you know, we're trying to locate on the first day, and we're trying to kill
0: on the second day. What kind of equipment are you going to need to, you know, be able to cruise around on your terrain and, you know, that kind of thing to get in position for a roosted turkey?
1: So I have this chair called an action track chair. It has like tank strikes on it and it's a, it's a electric wheelchair. It's pretty much a bulldozer in a mini version.
0: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That sounds cool.
1: And it it goes over all kinds of terrain. It's super quiet. And I can literally sneak up on any animal that I'm hunting with this thing.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, that it, sounds it, awesome.
1: Yeah. So what, what we'll do is I'll park my truck within, I don't know, within 500 yards. And we'll get there early. we'll just you know, cruise, you know, cruise into the dark before sunlight like comes up and get to where we need to be. Or, you know, within 100, 150 yards of where we need to be. And you know, we'll set up and start working bird from there. And then as time goes on, the birds not coming in, you know, we'll start, like I said, it, it's quiet. So I can, like, slowly creep and cruise to where I need to be to get in that short zone or wherever I need to be to get the bird in closer to make it happen. So, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's cheating, but it's not cheating.
0: No way. That's not cheating at all. I mean, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. Use your resources.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like I said, you know, it's, I can get where I need to be. I mean, it crosses creeks, it crosses ditches. I mean, it goes up rocks. I mean, it just, this chair is like insanely cool. And it's gotten me through a lot.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I think I've actually seen, I don't know, I think I've seen those type of chairs before, and they look pretty. I mean, they look almost like something out of a Batman movie or something. I don't know that. Yeah, it, pretty it's it's pretty, pretty cool looking. And, the fact that you're actually, you know, able to go out and pursue your passions and that kind of thing using this equipment is is even better. I mean, it makes it that much that much better.
1: Yeah, I mean, like being a, a handicapped hunter. I mean, they make a lot of equipment to make it easier for someone like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, Action Track Chair as another one. I think called Track Fab. Um, they make a chair kind of similar to it. There's another company out of Australia. I want to say. That makes one, which is, I really want. It goes like thirty miles an hour. It's got like hey. roll bars on it. And Listen, if I had that chair, that goes thirty miles. Like I wouldn't
0: even carry a gun. I would just run a turkey down. Just run
1: them down. <laughs> just run, <I'd> just, <laughs> you, you, I I'd just actually go like a field full of turkeys. I just put the thing in high gear and just get to
0: chase them <laughs> That'd be awesome if you do that. I definitely want to see that. I we gotta have some kind of video or something. That'd be. Crazy. <laughs>
1: I said that I do it, but you know, have, have have you ever personally grabbed?
0: It? No, I have never personally grabbed a live one. I've I've kind of messed with them a little bit while they're still flopping around on the ground and stuff, but I usually try to wait till they're completely, completely, somewhat still before I touch them because they got they got spurs and they got all kinds of sharp edges that I don't want to get involved with.
1: Okay, well, as we you know, I'm a, I'm a backtrack. Remember how I been learn from someone else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't think yeah i think i know where this is
1: going oh well, yeah it's going there i i went to uh Pennsylvania a little girl took her on her first turkey ever. with me her and her dad we get there in the morning it's textbook hot. five minutes Bert come in her and her dad shoot she knocks one down um, her dad didn't get one so we're all high five and happy and everything like that. It's awesome like game on first turkey. We're all excited. It's it's like amazing. So I'm rolling up to this bird and, you know, going through the whole process of, you know, celebration and everything. I get about fifteen yards from this bird, and it pops up and looks at us. Like the bird wasn't I mean, it was it was I don't know if the law hit it or what happened, but the bird was not dead Anything. Mm-hmm. anything. So, I was like, hey, listen, y'all stay here. You know, I'm trying to be a good Samaritan, you know, because I got a good heart. You know, I'm looking out for other people. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go finish this bird off. I go up to this bird let you get up to it, and I reach out and I grab it by the seat. This is the stupidest mistake of my life. <laughs> At the time, I'm only about 115 pounds soaking wet, okay? Sitting in my wheelchair, this bird is Flapping. It's like hitting me in the face with its wings, beating me up in the chest. The little girl's terrified. The dad's trying to find his phone and video this.
0: <laughs> Not trying to help, but he's going to video it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no there, there was no help involved at all. Okay. So the bird gets enough air under its weight to like make me fall forward out of my chair. Like I say, it's the first turkey I'm trying to be a good Samaritan all on the ground is turkey and it's like beating me up like I, back in the day in high school I mean I got into a couple you know a couple of with friends and all that I have never had my butt kicked like I had my butt kicked this day
0: <laughs> turkey got gotcha. you it's,
1: it's, it's, oh man this bird's beating me up like, it felt like it's like going five rounds with Mike Tyson so I'm on the ground this bird's beating me up like I just I just get to the point where like I'm, I'm tired of getting hit like I'm trying to hit back so I start like giving a couple uppercuts and it's not doing anything but it just made me feel like I was kind of winning. So, me and this bird fight for about four or five minutes. We, we, we go at it. By the time I'm done with this bird, like, it looks like a wet buzzer. ground's wet. I'm soaking cool wet. Bird's wet. Feather's going everywhere. Like, I caught, I think, I, like, wrestled half the beard off. I mean, it's just a crazy experience. Finally, the bird stops. So, I mean, I'm not of cool it's dead. It. You know, it's good times. Like, so, I'm out of breath. Like I need an inhaler. girl comes over, and she's like, "You know, you know, is, is it done?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I think it's done." She's terrified. Like, I mean, I was terrified too. You know, if right? Yeah. See, you know, <laughs> a bird and a pair of bleachers on the ground fighting. <laughs> right. like, that doesn't happen every day. So I was <laughs> like, "All right, come take your picture." Like she was terrified to take a picture. The bird comes back and gets a second win and comes back to life. Like, now I don't have to, like, fight this bird on the second win, And, like, I'm still trying to catch my first win. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, never, ever grab a lot of turkey. I don't care, like, how big and bad you think you are. Let me just let you it know right now. A turkey is bigger and badder and will kick your butt. I don't care how big you are.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy how a 20-pound bird, you know, is going to whoop up anybody, just about anybody that wants to come across it.
1: Dude, it was, like, like not to tell the politically incorrect but it was like finding a mission on steroids
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the i guess the most important question to ask is did the dad get the video recorded
1: <laughs> yeah but i make sure it deleting oh, oh, all that okay yeah that's a good idea yeah <laughs> yeah i told
0: him like i told him before i left my "Dude, you get delete that you can't
1: blackmail blackmail it don't work like that <laughs>
0: Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so the moral of the story: don't grab a live turkey. That's for sure.
1: No, 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 no. You
0: won't lose turkey. that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't care how like I don't care like, how bad you're trying to impress your friends. Don't ever do it. <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> I don't
1: care if you grab by the neck or by the. Kick. I mean, if you grab him by the neck, they just kick the heck out of you. <laughs> right. And if you grab them, if you grab by the feet, they just wing you. I mean, it's, it's, there's no winning situation. It's kind of like fighting a kangaroo.
0: Something come from all angles.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like
0: two things I would never want to fight in my life, a turkey and a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, man, that's,
1: that's hilarious. Like said, learn, learn, learn from my mistakes.
0: <laughs> don't grab a live turkey, that's for sure.
1: No, never,
0: ever. So, uh, of course, all turkey guys are going to love the spring, but do you ever hunt turkeys in the fall?
1: I've never hunted out in the fall. I, um, it's just something about snow and turkey that just don't register in my mind and everywhere I've been in the fall when it comes to turkeys there's snow and I just I'm from South Louisiana. and Me and snow get together. Plus I don't I don't blend in with snow, so like I just I kinda avoid it.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> you ever use a blind or anything? I'm I'm sure you, you you use one quite a bit in the springtime, but
1: No, I actually I actually don't use a blind at all. Oh, okay, you know? awesome. I um I run a gun, rolling gun, whatever you want to call it. But I, I just I, i'm one of guys i loved pursuing an animal um i, I love to chase i love to chase, the chase is what drives me like if you hear a bird you know 200 yards off in a holler and I'm, I'm going to that bird that's just what drives me
0: that's awesome yeah yeah those fall birds i've, I've tried it a couple times of a uh, it's it's a it's a little bit tricky i mean they, they'll flock up and you know they're not as responsive to calls and that kind of thing and it can be a little bit tricky it's almost it's almost more of a you know a, a whitetail ambush type setup because you're, you're just kind of waiting for them to walk through kind of thing and i don't have a whole lot of experience with it so i'm not sure how much i can actually speak on it but just from a couple of times i've tried it that's the way that it's kind of kind of seemed a bit be- at least the best way for for me to hunt you know fall turkeys but yeah i mean yeah, I'm in Kentucky, uh right on the edge of the Appalachian Mountain Moorhead. It's like northeast part of Kentucky, but yeah, we've got okay. we've got a couple thousand acres of public land out here, and then it's a actually a really good area. We've got a lot of good habitat for eastern turkeys up here. So, one of your five states, you should, you should drop by here one time.
1: Yeah, I actually have a, uh, I got a place in a hunt Kentucky for deer this past season. Uh, we had a couple turkeys come out. You know, it just from where I was sitting and where my camera guy was, it was no way that I could turn and get on the verge. But I mean, it just one of these days I'll get it done. But it just hasn't happened yet. But definitely, uh, we need to link up next spring and go chase a turkey in
0: Kentucky. Definitely definitely yeah we we got a lot of good good areas around here it's a lot of good like i said a lot of good public land there with these rolling hills and uh you know thick woods and all that kind of thing it's, it's some really good opportunities in a uh, habitat for for wild turkey and we've got a pretty good substantial population just kentucky in general i feel like has a pretty good population of turkeys and that kind of thing you're allowed two each season for the spring and then you can get four in the fall so i mean it you know it's Die-hard turkey guys if they want to go out i mean they can get six birds a year i mean that's that's I and mean, there's not a whole lot of states that are able to offer that kind of thing all
1: right so you just like piqued my interest way
0: up you can get six <laughs> turkey yeah between the the spring and the fall seasons yeah so in the spring you can get two you're you're able to get up yeah. to two. yeah you should never told me that <laughs> yeah man and it's a it's a good opportunity we got got some good habitat around here, and Kentucky does a really good job. their are uh, fish and wildlife department. I feel like they do a real good job of, you know, taking care of uh, wild turkey populations. And we do a pretty – I feel like they do a pretty good job of wildlife in general in a whole lot of different areas.
1: Now, Kentucky's a great state. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. I think Kentucky is one of the better states on honor. I mean, you just have – I mean, just about anything that, uh, you know, your true sportsman goes after I mean, yeah, your good duck hunting. So I'm on Eastern. I'm on Western Kentucky. Yeah. I'm uh, in Illinois. So we we have good duck hunting. Yeah. Um, plenty of deer, plenty of turkeys. Um, you guys have elk further where you are. Or is it south of
0: you? That, yeah, that's south of us. So the southeastern side, so closer to like the Virginia Tennessee border. Uh-huh. The closer you get down there, the that's where the elk, the reestablished elk population is. Yeah, they just did that. Uh, shoot, it's probably. About 25, 30 years ago, they first introduced the elk down there, and they are uh, they actually have a lottery system now where you can apply each year and uh, uh, try to get, get an elk tag. I haven't been able to get drawn yet, but I try it just about every year, though. Yeah,
1: so I mean, like, like I said, Kentucky, is a, it's a good state. It's, it's not a sleeper state anymore, yeah. but I mean, it's a state. Um, I'm actually going to be pretty close to you soon, like that I'm, I'm migrating north because you know, the Canadian goose in me. There it's you, you up go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get to Tennessee within the next couple, uh, next month or so. Um, but Tennessee is a slippery state. It's one of those states where, you know, you can, you can also hunt turkeys in the fall there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think, the, you know, the white tail hunting there is, I think it's overlooked.
0: There's a lot of good I agriculture think. out there.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm not promoting Tennessee because, you know, I don't want everybody, like, crowding Tennessee. I want to, like, save a couple different <laughs> But, you know, I, I think it's one of the sleeper states. I think it's one of the states that's really that's really booming and people are starting to find out about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty diverse, you know, very similar to how Kentucky's kind of set up, where the eastern side's got a lot of the, the mountains area, so you can have some good population of, like, black bear and elk and that kind of thing and even deer. And then whereas the, the western side of the states are – You know, it kind of flattens out as you get closer to the Mississippi River out there, so you get a lot of good waterfowl populations out there, you know, even deer and turkey, that kind of stuff out through there, too. So it's kind of set up very similar as far as the the landscape goes, and I think, yeah, it offers a lot of good opportunities as well.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: Yeah, man, so, yeah, just let me know. We can do some some hunting out here in northeast Kentucky, Moorhead area, and I'll be in contact with you, and we we can get that worked out for sure.
1: Holy totally game for
0: it! We'll, we'll definitely have a good time. Definitely. But like I I I have volunteered
1: uh, enough for grabbing turkeys, so this time it's on
0: you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, well, you have to film me wrestling a turkey this time. <laughs> oh, listen, listen! If, if
1: we turkey, you know, I'm gonna make sure I body shoot. I'm gonna make sure I just clip the wing. That's all I want to do. I the wing. I want to get a couple feathers on
0: the wing and, like, baby a broken leg. So, like, you have to fight the turkey. <laughs> Wrestle it to the ground. Probably <laughs> whip me. scar me to death with this dang spurs. <laughs> and listen, I'm not going to turn the camera off. I mean, that's the best part about it. <laughs> we'll have to get that figured out for sure. Bring some boxing gloves, I guess. Uh, I'll have to add that to my my turkey arsenal, some boxing gloves. Yeah, I
1: mean, you might have just towed me your, uh, your hunting bag
0: yeah there we go so man as we're as we're kind of winding down here there's always one question i like to ask my guests at the end of the show but my question for you is uh what does hunting mean to you
1: hunting for me has it's changed my life not, i mean it's like so cliche but hunting has changed my life into a you know it, it put me into this position where i appreciate so much of the outdoors, you know. Being out there, I get to experience life in a different manner. You know, I get to enjoy the sunrise. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't get to see that. You know, I get to see the sunrise and the sunset It's some of the most gorgeous locations that I've ever been when I was traveling. You know, I get to become mellowed out and, like, relaxed and find my zen. And, you know, it just, it puts me in a different state of mind where I appreciate you know, what God has put on our for to, you know, really, you know, take pride in. And, you know, hunting for me, is, it's not all about the kill, It's all about the fellowship, you know, being with friends and family and, you know, finding out, you know, what's the next step to better improve something for yourself and someone else. You know, even when it comes to conservation, you know, as hunters, we're not always, you know, we we take a small percentage away from the environment that we put into. You know, we may get a bad rep for what we do because, you know, people just don't understand it, but, you know, what we do as far as conservation and building habitat for animals, you know, we put in a lot of work to make a better place. You know, as if we can do that as people, you know, for the environment that we have in our everyday life, I think the whole world would be a better place. I mean, it sounds so much cliche, but... You know, if we invest time to that, in, if we invest time to better property, like we better property to better our surroundings and our everyday life, I think you know, growth would happen, and you know, things would be in a whole lot better place than what they are now. So, honey, to me, it's a, it's a life lesson. You know, if you can sit back and reflect on life, and make a massive plan to try to change the way we think about life, and the way we do things in life
0: yeah definitely I definitely have to agree with you on that one I mean being a being a turkey guy I know you have to be able to appreciate you know conservation efforts and that kind of thing because wild turkey that's one of the best one of the greatest conservation success stories ever and it was fueled by mostly in part by guys who like to hunt I mean you know the NWTF was able to put together a model that was sustainable through you know hunting and fishing license revenue and all that kind of thing and I mean, it's, it's just incredible that we're able to have this opportunity to go out and hunt these animals because we have chosen to put this value on them. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a pretty neat thing whenever, whenever people are actually able to educate themselves on, you know, the conservation efforts and that kind of thing. And it it really shines a new, new bit of appreciation on everything that we, that we can yeah. do as hunters.
1: I totally agree with that. Couldn't agree with you more.
0: Yeah, man yeah man that was a that was a good response and i, I definitely appreciate that and there I mean there definitely isn't a uh appreciation that we have to have as hunters for you know god's creation and everything that gave us gave us dominion over these animals and that that doesn't mean you know roll over them with an iron fist i mean we have to take care of them we have to provide for for them we have to provide habitat and you know and in the end you know he provides for us through those animals so i mean it's a circle.
1: Yeah, like flying, it's circle of life.
0: That's right, that's right. <laughs> so what kind of what kind of hunts you got coming up this fall?
1: I have two Texas deer hunts for sure. I do a hunt every year for um, kids with disability in Arkansas. That's in November, week for Thanksgiving. I will be hunting Kentucky for the rifle season after that Arkansas trip. And then after that, I have no idea. I'm kind of one of those guys, it's just my name. I can just kind of go with the wind. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely hunting this uh, I'm gonna do the best that I can to try and make something happen. I mean, I want to figure out how to, I mean, I don't have a lease there or anything, but you know, I kind of want to, you know, get on some of those public grounds, those archery places, and go a little scouting and see if I can
0: make something happen. There we go, man. Sounds like a pretty good plan. It sounds like you got a, a fun field fall coming up this year. It'll be all over the place. Of your-
1: it's gonna be amazing. So I look forward to it. You know, every every year I have a good year in the woods, even if I don't have you know I have the kills and all that. I still have a good year. Fellowship so with friends and having a good time. And you know at the end of the day, I come home happy if I get to put a couple of animals in the freezer. That's all that matters to me. No matter about the horn size. It don't matter about you know the taxidermy deal and all that stuff. Maybe I'm from Louisiana. We don't kill big deer. We kill you know enough deer to fill a freezer. You know that's what it's all about. You know that that trophy for me is, you know that that marble cut of meat, sitting on the grill, season just right. You know that,
0: that's my trophy. Absolutely, definitely. I definitely gotta agree with you on that one. It's it's all about defining success, and that's whenever you got that that food on the plate, something that you were directly responsible for putting there. I mean that's that's where it's at, right there. Yeah, man.
1: And um, I mean I, I like to eat. You know. I might be skinny, but there's an
0: the fat kid inside. Uh, <laughs> Definitely we've all got one, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So the so where can listeners follow you? Where can they check you out more?
1: Man, my social media is uh Son of the South, S O N of the South, um at Instagram at like Son of the South T V. Uh if you just you know, Google search joshua carney C A R N E Y, I'll pop up on just about everything. You can hear my story, you can Check more information about me, and uh, just get to know me a little more. And hey, if you hear this podcast, shoot me a message. We can have a high hey, conversation, whatever you want to do. I mean, I'm I'm open for anything. I'm all about a Your time,
0: definitely, man. I'll make sure I put those links and that kind of stuff in the show notes. So that way, people can see them and access them straight from the show notes of this episode. And man, I, I appreciate it. this. This was a fun conversation. I thank you for you know taking some time out of your out of your evening to. Be on the Rice Kelly podcast with me. I, we had a little bit of technical issues there at the beginning, but we worked through it, and we're we're able to have us a good little talk here. Hey,
1: like I told you earlier, something
0: can't go wrong; it will go wrong when it comes to <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. I'll definitely be in contact with you, and we can maybe get together soon and, and get some get some hunts worked out and that kind of thing. And I think it'd be really cool to be able to get out in the woods with you sometime. Yeah,
1: let's make it happen
0: all right dude sounds good man so i appreciate it and uh take it easy be safe you know have fun this fall and get you some meat in the freezer yes sir
1: that's what i look forward
0: to you too yeah man i appreciate it take it easy all
1: right take it easy yes sir